I want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you to our guests. I know we have quite a few guests here today, so thank you for coming today. Uh, we have a leadership class, and on September the 7th is going to be happening. I'll be teaching that. It's for men and women. It'll be on Wednesday nights at, at 6.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Just wanted to make a shout-out for that. Anybody would like to attend that, love to have you. You may be wondering what happened to me. I wish I had a good story. I don't. All I know is, is that I'm old. That I, it's just old age, okay? That's all it is. So just had to have t- something, a little surgery, just because I'm old, okay? That's what it is, and I hate it. That's how it goes. So that's what it is. So I'm, I'm going to look at you. I'll get it today. All right. I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I love family time. I, I love getting with my children. I love getting with my grandchildren. We had two of ours over yesterday. And I love our Walktoberfest that we do as a family. When all 16 of us get together in a big house and we just have games and we actually put each family against each family and they are competing for this, for the Walktoberfest trophy. It's really good, isn't it? So I built that. Okay, so I also love getting together with my extended family. Okay, so I have an extended family, and if we get all together with all my kids, with all my brothers and sisters, all their wives, all their kids, there's like 62 of us on Thanksgiving, or Christmas, or some other times when we get together, there's a lot. But more than anything else, more than anything else, I love getting with my family each week here at Lake Homer. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I love you. I love you very much. And in so many ways, in so many ways, I feel closer to you than I do to many of my siblings. And although our outward appearance would all be different, and we wouldn't see ourselves as actually brothers and sisters in Christ. We are bonded by the faith that we share in Jesus Christ. And we don't think alike. Man, we don't have all the same politics, uh, or we don't even have the same theological backgrounds in this place. We are as diverse a family of God as I have ever seen a family of God. And yet, we still love one another. We care for each other. When our family aches, we ache. When someone mourns, we mourn with them. When they hurt, we hurt with them. When they celebrate, we celebrate with them. We rejoice with them. We serve when others need our help. We are Lake Homa, warts and all, we are family. We're family. And we have chosen this family. This family did not choose us. We chose to make this our church home. Now, we could have chosen another family, but we didn't. We decided, we decided that this was going to be our spiritual family where we could love 
where we could serve, where we could encourage, where we could grow, where we could develop into mature Christian adults. So we chose this family to be formed, to help us each other be formed into the image of Christ. So our bond, our bond as a body of believers, our bond is the blood of Christ that runs through each and every one of us. And that blood of Christ is something that connects us. It connects us deeper in many ways than many of our siblings. And when I want to go back to that question that I asked at the beginning of this series, that beginning of that series on identity, and that question I've been asking over and over and over, and the question is, is whose am I? Whose am I? Okay, in John chapter 1, we're in verses 12 through 13. I want to thank Dash for actually reading our scripture. Great job, Dash. And here's what it says. To all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And like this church family, like this church family, each of us chose to receive Jesus to all who received him. To all who received him, we made a conscious choice to, to receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We made a choice to die to ourselves, to walk into that watery grave, and to be raised to walk a new life where our sins were washed away. And now, now as children of the King, we put on Christ and received the gift of His Spirit knowing it is God who's doing the work in us because by grace we are saved and not of ourselves. It's Him that is doing the work. And each of us have been raised, reborn, son, daughter, family. We're family. And we live a new life in this new home as our Heavenly Father, where our Heavenly Father now resides where the Spirit of God continues to teach each and every one of us, teaching us about self-sacrifice, teaching us in accordance with His will and what He wants from each and every one of us. And we do this as a family. And even before Jesus walked on the face of the earth, there was a plan in place that there would be a family. Listen to this, Isaiah chapter 56, verse 5. To them I will give, give with them my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. What is that name? That name is a child of God. That's what we just sang. That name is Jesus Christ. That is who is our, our brother. And God is our Father. And the question I want to ask again is, whose am I? Whose am I? Am I going to be His? Am I going to be all in and say, I'm going to give my life totally over to 
Him. Ask yourself that question again. Who am I? Am I a child of God? Do I represent my, think about this, do I represent my family well? Do I honor my Father? When others see me, what do they see? What do they see? Who do they see? Brothers and sisters, we're part of an everlasting family which carries an everlasting name. We're part of the family of God, and one can recognize who is in that family. Did you realize that? You can recognize who's in that family because there's markers. There are traits of those who are family members. You can tell who's in the family of God because the sons of God are actually led by the Spirit of God. Now here, listen to this in Romans chapter 8, it says this. Because those who were led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we're also heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. So this is how we recognize who are the true children of God, those who are led by the Spirit of God. Those who are slaves to sin are not the children of God. They're slaves to fear. They're slaves to sin. They share, we share in that suffering with Him. This is how we recognize who are the children of God and who are not the children of God. I love 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3. It says, when they hurled their insults at Him, talking about Jesus, He did not retaliate. When He suffered, He made no threats. Instead, He entrusted Himself to Him who judges justly. Okay, so whose are we? If that happens to us, whose are we? We, we consider ourselves a child of God, one in whom the Spirit of God resides. Do we display the traits, the traits or the markers of what a child of God actually looks like? Okay, here's a question. If, you, if, we, could, if we could see who the children of God are and recognize them by their traits, by their markers, by what they do, how they live, how they walk, can you also recognize who are the children of the devil? Okay, look at 1 John 3, same, same author as who we've been studying, John the, John the Apostle. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the devil's the work, the devil's work. For no one is born of God who will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He can't go on sinning because he has been born of God. This is how we know who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. And I look at that and I just go, wow, 
Because, I mean, right? I mean, because how many of us, how many of us have ever harbored anger in our hearts toward a brother or a sister in Christ? I would say that probably 80%, maybe 100% of us in the audience have had those feelings towards someone else who is a brother and sister in Christ at one time or another, and some of us today may still have those feelings. That feeling of anger, that feeling of resentment, that feeling that we have toward someone else. And how many of us are continuing in sin? You can tell who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. All right, first John chapter four, verse seven says this. Dear friends, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. All right, first Peter chapter four, verse eight. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Listen, I've never, I've never seen a family. I've never seen a family that did not have squabbles. Never. And I've never known a family that did not have their disagreements. Ever. No family is perfect, whether that's a physical family or whether that's a spiritual family. The key to the health of any family, of any family, is that characteristic of what? Love. The characteristic of love. Love must become the number one ingredient, whether we are part of a physical family or we're part of a spiritual family. Why? Because loving God and loving others is the greatest command that we have. And if we get this right, if we get this right, we will understand how important this is. We do. If we get this right, we understand how important this is, not only to our physical families, but also to our spiritual families. All right, let's go back to our text. I just wanted to go to it one more time. John 1, verses 12 through 13. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Okay, so I'm going to take a hard shift right here, okay? Just going to take a hard shift. I'm going to do something else. As you can see, I have a whiteboard on the stage today. And for the rest of the lesson, we're going to have a little fun today, all right? We're going to have a lot of audience participation today, all right? So, some of you look bored and about to go to sleep. We're not going to do that. There are benefits of being in this family of God. And I'm speaking about the spiritual benefits of being in Christ, of being in Him, of making Jesus our Savior of our lives. In Him. I in Him, He is in me. There are benefits of being adopted into this church family, this, into the family of God. All right, the following verse is going to get me kind of going in the right direction, and then we're going to start from there with something I have planned for all of us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 through 6, it says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. So if you noticed in verse 3, in verse 3, we are blessed. But not only are we blessed, what does it say? We, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to come up with all of those spiritual blessings that are in Christ. Now, I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to help you with that. Before I get in there, I've got one more verse to do. But in a moment, I'm going to have everybody go on a scavenger hunt. And you don't have to get out of your pew. Okay? We're going to go on a scavenger hunt in just a minute. One of the things I love about Proverbs that we talked about last week is that ability to search, that ability to dig, that ability to actually go deep in understanding God and who He is. And I love Proverbs chapter 2, verses 3 through 6 that I said last week. And let me read it again. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the fear of the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Okay, just a moment, Austin's going to come up here, and he's going to write on the board for me, because I'm going to be refereeing. Y'all are, are just going, what is this going to be? All right, there are 21 things I want you to find. 21 things that are already in Bibles throughout this auditorium. Don't grab one yet. Throughout this auditorium. 21 markers, 21 defining characteristics. There's a piece of paper in 21 Bibles. Hopefully where everybody is so you don't have to get up. All right? So what I want you to do is look in Proverbs chapter 2 in your Bibles that are in the pews, and there's one over there for y'all. And it may be behind you. So, look and see if you can find one. Here's what we're going to do. There's a piece of paper in there. And I'm going to ask you to call out, because I'm going to be trying to do that. Austin's going to do that. And we're going to start over here and go this way and come around this way, okay? And what I want you to do is just read it. And if you don't feel comfortable reading and saying something, then just give it to somebody else and say, hey, you read this for me, Okay? So what I want to do is just, I want you to listen to all of these, and we're, I'll, I'll stop Austin, we'll talk about some of them as we go, but that's kind of what we're going to do, all right? And let's hopefully, if you found one already, raise, raise your hand, okay? All right. You got some, okay? All right, okay? All right. Sounds good. All right. Yell it loud. In Him we have no fear. Okay, now these are markers of children of God. In Him we have no fear. All right? In Him we are born again. Who else back here? Bob. In Him we are not condemned. 
In him we are free. All right, just listen. Look at the board. This is what it means to be a child of God. This is what it means to be in him. These are the benefits. These are the characteristics. These are the traits. Mike. All right, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Okay, who else? Back here in the back, anybody? Molly, you got anybody back there? Who's got one back there? Because I know I put one back there. Right there where you are, Molly. Because I knew you were sitting there. Say it again. Okay, we're seated with God in Him right now. We're seated with Him in the heavenly realm. Okay, back here in the back. Go ahead. In Him we are made alive. Okay, who else? There's got to be someone back up in here. Go ahead. In Him we are forgiven. John? Joined together. Okay, you getting a picture? Getting it? He's got to get 21 of these on there. He's writing really big. (laughs) Anybody up here? John? In Him we have eternal life. Okay, that get everybody? In there? In Him we have eternal life. In Him we have salvation. Okay, who else is back here? Okay, in Him we are predestined. Now, don't let that word scare you, okay? Don't let that word scare you. And I think even when we read it in Ephesians, sometimes that word predestined, it gets kind of out of whack. But remember what we talked about at the beginning of our whole series, that before God even created the world, before He said a word, what was He doing? He was planning. He was planning. He was determining what would happen. He was determining that He would have a family. He was determining that He would have children. He was determining that he would have a people of his own. And like we said in in verse 12 of that verse that we just read in John, it said, to all who received him, to those who believed, that choice to believe in him, the predestined is just that there was a plan in place from the beginning of time that God would give us a choice to choose Jesus, to choose him. And all those who chose him would be his children. So don't, get, don't go crazy about, oh, we're pre-. That's, what it, that's all that word means, a predetermined plan in place. Okay? Where else? Who else? Where am I? Wait. In him we are chosen. In him we are chosen. When I think about that word chosen, I think about that the, the people that we are chosen by God, the same thing, from the very beginning, God has always wanted, yeah, here, just move that out of the way. There you go. Just, I'm sorry, I should have done that. But just think about that. The idea of He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. He knew, I want to have children. I want to have those people who love me, who care about me, and say, I want to be Jesus's. I want to be His son. I want to be his daughter. Okay? All right. Who's next? We have back here? Carl. In him we are built together. Look at at all of them. Paula, do you have one back there? Oh, 
In him we are holy. All right? Now, back here on the back row, yes. In him we have truth. Jesus said, what did he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. In him we have truth. I'm in the way, aren't I? So, there you go. Who else? Back over here. Who else got one? Brett. In him we are loved. Okay? Who else? In him we have hope. I'll get to you all over here. <laughs> okay. Right up here, youth? Yes, Abby. In him we are redeemed. One more. In him we are blameless. And brothers and sisters, thank you, Austin. You look at every one of these characteristics, and these are the characteristics of children of God. The riches that we've been given, the riches that He's bestowed upon us. We are children of God who are not condemned, who have been born again, who are free, who have been sealed with the Holy Spirit, who are seated at the right hand, not at the right hand, but seated with Him in the heavenly realms, is what Ephesians 2 says. We're seated with Him in the heavenly realms right now as children of God. There is wonder, and there is beauty, and there are markers. And when we think about markers and who we are, we're built together, we're people of truth, we have hope, we're made alive, we're blameless, we're joined together. That's what family is. This is family. This is who we are as a body of Christ. And as we close today, as we close today, as we close today, If you're not a child of God, if you want to be, please say, I want, to, I want to be a child of God. I want to walk with Him, and I want to have a family. I want to be a part of a family that loves me and cares for me spiritually. Spiritually. And so if that's you and you want to do that, then I ask you in just a moment, just say, hey, that's what I want to do, and just come forward. Here's what I want us to do. Before we actually sing our invitation song, I would like everybody to stand. We have one more verse that I'd like to read. First John 3, verses 1 through 3. How great is the love, listen, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know, listen, we know that when He appears, 
as children of God, we will be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. We want to look like our Savior Jesus Christ.